0: my cellar is my baby a sommelier job first of all we need we need to understand that all the sommeliers they're having something in common the passion and the love for the wines
1: you guys got how many wines altogether?
0: at this particular time we are near 500
1: if someone watches you know you're like you know what 500 wines you know i'm never gonna have you know my my list you know for 500 wines if let's say i want to choose something at home how do we come in, in this, in, in, in their health?
0: White wine with white meat, red wine with red meat. Let's still keep black and white because all this will be on, on fashion. However, we need to understand that we as a human being, we need to drink the wines and drink responsible. Not wines needs to drink us.
1: Alexandru Dan. Head sommelier at Atlantic Hotel and not just that, you know, expert in wine and, uh, you know, both in both recognized in Romania and internationally, which is amazing, you know, having experts on the podcast. I love that because I know we're going to get like some amazing insights, you know, and today we're talking about wine, a bit of the Romanian wine, a bit of the probably international wine and just to get a good insight of what wine means, you know, for both for the consumer and for for the one that serves it. So tell us how you began, you know, in, in this in this uh, hospitality industry.
0: Uh, wonderful. Good evening, Radu. And uh, I would like to thank you for uh, the fact that you invite me for your podcast. By the way, I saw so few podcasts and congratulations to you and to your team behind the, the stage, let's say like that. Uh, I'll be honest, I saw some few about podcasts and I note some very good things and I say hello to all the chefs and uh, all other people that uh been part of this uh, hospitality in Jersey podcast.
1: Absolutely, thank you
0: uh, Welcome indeed Moving forward, going back on how I started the hospitality I could say uh, like that I, I've been privileged to do an economical uh, high school That was based on uh, front of house service mm. And uh, after and uh, graduated that, uh, that high school I went for uh, Metro Detail Like, uh, you know, restaurant manager school And sommelier schools that I attended in 2005-2006 and on the same time um, I've been honored to be part of an amazing uh, team in Bucharest, Romania part of the Hilton uh, international team uh, where they saw that I have some skills and abilities for wine, spirits, coffee and guest satisfaction and uh, they invest more and more uh, in my uh, ability, education? education abilities because they send me to do uh, uh, FMB manager classes, courses, and uh, I developed step by step like that. Uh, on the same time, um, I'm very, very happy, very excited to be part of a very uh, educated uh, generation of Somalia, of Romania, to the generation of two thousand six, two thousand seven, two thousand eight that we compete in uh, a lot of competition and uh, we develop ourselves uh, on different parts of the coffee, of the spirits, of the wine. It's oh. a lot more than wine, right? Which Certainly. is something that's very interesting. <laughs> Certainly. Uh, working Working as a sommelier, it's covering a lot of things, but on the same time, more you learn, more you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you're covering the wines. You're covering uh, one of the topics that we'll have it uh, on the next questions: uh, low alcohol or alcohol-free wine. You're covering the champagnes. Are you covering the spirits, uh, highly on cognac, armagnacs, and all other digestives? Uh, knowledge about cigars. Wow. So think about that uh, I've been privileged to do some. Uh, Classes of cigars in Dominican Republic that increase my knowledge from one to ten. Let's say I was zero point five when I started to do those classes, and now my cigar knowledge developed a lot. And uh, I still love that, even if I don't smoke regular, even regular cigarettes. Sometimes it's good to have a cigar with a black rum or to, with a cognac or with an armoniac. But harmonic. do you do
1: it because you like the combinations? Are you, into the, you know, into the pairing more than you know, just doing it because you like smoking?
0: Uh, I'll be very honest. I don't like to smoke, but I love the sensation. I love the moment. I love the experience to have a double robusto cigar with an armoniac. It's a unique experience. And uh, if you need to have a moment that you put all your things in top any task that could be a moment that uh, you could put each and every things that you need to do properly however we need to understand that sometimes having those two cigars and cognac or even some nice glass of red wine uh, will offer to your mind your body your tonus uh, perfectly relaxed time
1: what does it mean you know to go through this competition to win these competitions to uh, meet mm-hmm. people you know that are at that level you know how, how does it feel
0: Um, I'll be very honest, usually when I go for a competition in my mind is not exactly to win that competition, is to get experience that that competition could uh, offer me to meet people and to learn more about service, about hospitality, about wine and why not to develop myself from point A to point B
1: today's episode was brought to you with the support of our friends at Kyoto Resto Bar. From the Rizakaya dishes to the most delicious sushi in Jersey, Kyoto Resto Bar is the place you should have in mind for your next on-island Japanese experience. Whether you choose to dine in or order online, I promise that you won't be disappointed. And now, back to the episode. You, I guess, you know, because you spend quite a lot of your time in Romania, you must understand the Romanian wines better probably than anybody in Jersey, that's for sure. So uh, what are the Romanian regions, you know, like uh, of the wine regions? And also probably let's go a bit outside of Romania Romania before we actually go into Romania. Let's talk about the Balkans, you know, and how these, how, how these region, you know, developed over the years. And probably from the time you kind of got into it, because it was almost like before communism and probably before 2000s, you know, it was probably a different kind of it was this different kind of era uh,
0: that's a very good uh, question and on the same time um, uh, you, need to un- uh, you need to understand that my, on, uh, regarding to my palate I love all the wines I'm a big fan of French wines I love Italian wines I love newer wines uh, from Napa from uh, Mendoza from La Salta from my Valley Chile region However, when I talk about Balkan wines, I go deeply, intense uh, to my heart, and I could tell you that in the last decade, 10, 10 years, in uh, old Balkan countries, wine industry, wine field, is going up. Yeah, is raising the quality, increasing the quality. Uh, the producers started to be uh, to understand exactly the market. And the people back at home, not only the people from industry, even the people that they're going to buy wine from a supermarket for a wine shop, they love local indigenous grapes and uh, local varieties. Uh, so if, if we are talking about Balkan wines, I will try to to catch uh, the main important countries, uh, provider of very good quality wines and I will start it uh, with Serbian wines. They have some interesting uh, interesting grape varieties that develop in Serbia. Are they uh,
1: better than Romania like honest.
0: I could say that all Balkan countries are very good. Uh, I don't want to make difference between <laughs> uh, Balkan wines or usually I'll be very honest with you. I don't make difference between uh, wines because sometimes I could enjoy more a Burgundy wine today or tonight or I could enjoy a better, uh, I could enjoy better a wine from other region next day. Mm, you, you know what sense. I mean? It's like uh, food, right?
1: You, you you are in the mood of eating that today, tomorrow you probably feel like something else so i, I get it no I, I do get it
0: yeah excellent uh, mention in order to to enjoy a wine you need to enjoy the moment uh, that you're having you need to uh, know for what uh, type of event you're opening the wine and on the same time with who you are sharing the wine and for what are you sharing that wine just to have a lunch just to have a dinner or do you have a certain particular time of your life mm-hmm. that you need to go up it
1: <laughs> yeah so we've got the serbian wine what else we've got in the region you know that's
0: that's known uh talking about uh, serbian wines i could talk about uh, white tamianica i could talk about Prokupat. it's a very interesting red grape variety that uh, developed well uh moving uh, forward we could have some interesting macedonian wines i tasted uh last years and
1: i think uh, i've seen some in Jersey as well i don't is, know how good
0: they are yeah uh, it is indeed one or two It is indeed, and uh, I just spoke with uh, a very good uh, wine supplier from from Jersey that they will provide me the Macedonian wine uh, very soon. Um, Talking about other countries uh, with quality wines from Balkans, Bulgaria, they started to have interesting, interesting wines. And uh, sometimes, uh, you know, you could have some local indigenous grapes like Mavrug, it's a very interesting uh, red grape. Uh, producers, uh, top producers from Bulgaria that you are having at this particular moment. You are having. Uh, I tasted wines from Dragomir Valley uh, from that is based on Trebian Valley. Uh, I taste wines from Anira that uh, a very good uh, friend of mine and I will say hello to him, Mark Dorkin is the head uh, winemaker for them in Bulgaria, for the mm-hmm. Nira project, and for the Alira project in Romania. Oh, wow. So, you see how- So that's why
1: I get it now when you <laughs> say, you know, that you can't differentiate, because sometimes, you know, they are so connected.
0: Totally agree with you. Going back to to Romania, yes, we started to do very interesting uh, wines, uh, and um, we need to understand that, first of all, Romania started to have international grape variety developed, but on the same time, very quality, indigenous local grape varieties. So I could say that Fetesca Alba, it's a very interesting white grape from Romania, basically well-grown in Dalumare, uh, well, grow in uh, Banat area. We have Royal Fatasca, that is a little more aromatical uh, grape variety and uh, is developed very well. Uh, in the last um, 5 10 years, let's say like that, uh, Krumposhia from Oltenia, Drogoshan area started to to increase it and um, I, I just tasted uh, in october or november a very uh, interesting uh, krimpochie from oliver bauer that i'm i really enjoy it and regarding other white grapes varieties that are developing interesting now i could mention about tamuiasa româneasca and about sharba and i found a uh, very interesting very aromatical. Uh, the sharba from branca uh, area uh from a good boyo producer from the producer gorboyo red grapes varieties uh, we could talk about uh, Fetească Neagră, the one and only, the one and only. <laughs> you know, sometimes uh, I'm speaking with some other very good uh, people from Winefield uh, mm-hmm. in UK or US and uh, probably when if we'll do a national brand, Romanian brand probably, we need to develop around uh, Fatasca Neagră, around Negru de Drăgoșian, around Fetăscă Albă. And probably uh, those grapes we need to, to build. Step- like
1: the spear of the... Uh, yeah,
0: because um, this is also my discussion with different wine produ- uh, wine producers from Balkans when uh, they ask me from advices how they could get in US market or UK market. I give them my straightforward opinion how is the market and what they should do in order to, to be on the top of that. Mm-hmm.
1: But what's stopping us? Because sometimes I, I keep wondering, okay, it's easy to say and, you know, probably people will be like, well, you guys are biased, you know, you're Romanians. Okay, but I still wouldn't drink a bad wine. I mean, <laughs> you know, whether it's Romanian or not. So I feel like, okay, we're probably not at the level that the French are. We're not at the level that the Italians or other countries, but... I don't think we've got bad wine. So what, what stops us from, from getting into these markets like the UK, Jersey or other places? um
0: I uh, really um, take it uh, your mention very very good and very positively because first of all each and every wine is good on his area some people said that a wine that is uh, uh, from France is better from wine from Italy but uh, sometimes the others say that Spanish are better <laughs> or American are okay. the highest or uh, Chilean each and every wine is good you have, Uh, exceptional wines you have very good wines you have good wines and uh, you have let's say like that wine that are a little shiny in exprimation (laughs) 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 romanian wines um, we have quality Uh, actually in all balkans it is a very uh, hard working behind and uh, the things that are moving forward now will start to be seen uh, the marketing that they need uh, to do it needs to be a little more um, intensely uh, to catch the market. Uh, and on the same time, they need to start to have a external uh, uh, politic of growing together. Mm. Not competition. Not like, competition. Not that yeah. No
1: one is not needed. Yeah.
0: Right? I think that uh, I, I do appreciate the wine of Portugal. I do appreciate wine of Austria because they're like a big association that they're all together wine of Argentina when they start to come in UK now 12-15 uh, years ago and they've done it uh, very well, their marketing and of, of course the quality helps them. I think those things need to be follow up mm-hmm. in a proper moment uh, and they need to be follow up accordingly. You know what mm. I mean? All together, same units, same values, good quality. That's it. <laughs>
1: how challenging is for you? Because I know you try. Well, you already did. You know, you're trying to in, at, at Atlantic. You know, you're trying to bring some Romanian ones, your wines. You already did, but how challenging is to bring them here? Because you got the will, you've got you've got the support, I guess, from the owner. How challenging is to get it here?
0: um thank you very much for for your question when i uh get over um the wine is from the atlantic uh, I saw that we are missing some part of the words. So I put my uh, accent to bring more Uruguayan wines, to bring more Argentinian wines, develop some uh, sub region of Bordeaux like Pesaglonia, uh, like Saint Julien, Saint Estef. And I put more accent in order to find the properly wines that could uh, support the quality of our amazing uh, chef working because I'm very privileged. At it to work uh, probably with one of the best UK chef team uh, and uh, to have the support of my entire management to all my sometimes let's say like that crazy ideas of bringing (laughs) uh, biodynamical, dynamical by dynamical sustainability because uh, I'm I'm very happy and on the same time I could say I'm lucky to have this privilege that uh, they listen my uh, my ideas and uh, of course everything it's up to the culinary department that uh, but
1: what's the process because now that you touch on this what's the process because you've got you guys got how many how many wines altogether uh,
0: at this particular time we are near 500 wow oh, crazy yeah. How, however probably uh, end of 2024 will catch me I plan to have 570 Wow so I'm so still I'll... I'm still in the process of uh, tasting and sometimes uh, uh, I do apologize to the suppliers that I don't taste their wines <laughs> think about it before to leave holiday I had like 12 uh, or more than 12 bottles uh, to taste it but I don't have time to to taste it and uh, I do promise <laughs> that <laughs> you'll uh, get to them eventually yeah uh, I do promise that probably until March 1st all the, the wine that I got at, uh, will be tasted and, of course, uh, we'll go together to develop uh, the the selection of wines uh, on the Atlantic. Um,
1: but how does it work? Do you do it based on food? Do you do it like, OK, you just see, because the way I see it is almost like, well, we, we see that some regions are missing. Let's get some of that wine tasted or is a combination of that with, you know, whatever the menu says.
0: Um, basically, it's uh, from my point of view, it's very important the communication that uh, I'm having with the culinary team, with the chefs, and uh, thank you very much, Will, for uh, all your listenings <laughs> that uh, you support me, and always uh, together we'll find a solution to match. Uh, a- dish uh, in a proper uh, way together uh, so basically I'm uh, ch- uh, discussing with, uh, with the chefs uh, regarding uh, regarding the food and always I'm trying to give more and more options for the guest because uh, on on the moment that you're creating a dish and uh, you're trying to pair a wine think about that uh, all of us we are different as a palate, as a taste, as a flavors and so on so basically me and my Somalia team, so we we are going to sometimes even ask how the guest how is your palate? What do you prefer? Why? Because each and every dish in our minds, they're having five, seven, ten options that could be paired with that particular dish. Well, this is what makes
1: it crazy, because you know, you go on in one of these places, you have like one page of White, the most you can go through probably is one page of white, one page of red, and maybe half page of rose. And it's kind of easy to choose. But when you have 500... 500- is it based on your recommendation
0: uh, yes it's based on uh, most of the time uh, when a wine is selected uh, it's based of uh, my or my colleagues recommendation that to be honest I am very happy to, to have an amazing uh, young chap that started to increase uh, day by day his uh, wine knowledge and on the same time uh, during the summer when it's the season all my colleagues uh, support me and uh, this is my mention all the time when we have a briefing, a catch-up. I mentioned to all of them, guys, uh, all together, uh, we, do, we do everything uh, properly. We do, if he's missing one of us, he's not anymore the team. So I'm very happy to be part of an amazing team.
1: That's amazing if it's about the team because he always, you know, teamwork makes a dream work, you know how they <laughs> say. But now that we touch on the, on the food part, if someone watches, you know, you're like, you know what, 500 wines, you know, I'm never going to have, you know, my my you know my my list you know for 500 wines if let's say i want to choose something at home how do we come in in this in in their help you know some basics you know when you choose wine you know with food for example how do you some very basics you know let's talk about ingredients that everybody knows or dishes that everybody knows whether we're talking let's say a sunday roast or what can you be as another starter or let's say a prawn cocktail or whatever how do you combine these? you know
0: Um, first of all we need to understand what we will cook mm-hmm. which type of um, main protein we are using if we talk about um, white fish, if we talk about uh, now red tuna like red fish if if we talk about duck if you talk about lamb if you talk about beef and so on. The most important is what uh, what you're cooking. Very important in our taste is which type of sauce are you using. Yeah, that's
1: something that's probably most <laughs> of the times overlooked. And I'm yeah. I'm I'm not gonna lie. You know, <laughs> you know, you, you mentioned about protein. I'm like, I got this. You know, I understand that.
0: As soon as you move to sauces, mm. right. Um, I'll on the beginning of the food and wine pairing. I'll go back with what uh, we study now. 20-25 years ago when we done uh, our hospitality uh, college you know white wine uh, with white meat red wine with red meat that was this is let's say like that let's take let's still keep black and white because all always will be on on fashion however we, we need to go deeply mm. and to understand it's a mineral white it's a very flavored white it's having some citrusness what type of dish it is for which type of meal I will pair it, it's a lunch, it's a dinner, what I will drink before the white wine, I will have a cocktail, I will have a champagne, what I'm planning to drink after that, so there are a lot of things that is making uh, a food and wine pairing a moment that you need to be memorable, For this is for me an excellent food and wine pairing, something that I will Rem- remember in one month in one year or in one in 10 years so i'll i'll take it each and every group of drinks let's say like that part of the wine with uh, champagne yeah Anytime. time <laughs> <laughs> uh yes anytime, time i'm totally agree with you with that one why champagne uh, could be served on the beginning of the meal as a great appetizer uh, aperitif yeah uh, could we serve it um, with the fish, with the crustace family, with seafood families? You could serve it even if it's, let's say, like that, more rounded, more intensely. It's a vintage champagne. You could serve it even uh, with a turkey, even with some creamy cheese. Uh, if it's a rosé champagne, why not? You could serve it even with uh, <laughs> some ducks or some beef, depending on the each and everybody taste. Because I'll be very honest with you. With a duck, for my personal taste, I'll go always with a Giverny Barton <laughs> or with a Pinot Noir to be more uh, <laughs> on everybody' <laughs> uh, understandment. However, uh, I'll be I'll be very honest with you. I'll give you an example of a particular dish that is not by um, by the book. So let's say like that. Um, we we are cooking on the kitchen. We'll have a sea brim and think about that you are working uh, during during the summer with a chef that is using a sauce that is based of pomegranate or other uh berry fruits so like you know strawberries and is having also some sesame things there is go is having um, a garnish of let's think about something more colored, uh beetroot puree mm. yeah beetroot puree and uh, think about that usually, when uh, you're discussing about fish, probably the main thing that you're thinking will be a Sauvignon Blanc, a Sancerre, straightforward, or uh, you' think about an Alborino from Galicia, or if you will go straight forward for a Grunoveltina from Dreisau, uh, However, with uh, a very uh, tasty sauce that is based on fruits, probably if it's a summer, our main uh, main, uh, thing that we'll we'll think about that food and wine pairing will be a rose wine or a champagne. If we'll go in end of September, October, a Pinot Noir will be very suitable. (laughs) So intensity of the wine, uh, what type of sauce are you using? Which garnish are you using? What is the taste of the guest? you Have some particular guests that could not, uh, that they nowadays they started to have some intolerance to the sulfates from the wine. Uh, you have some guests that they have some uh, intolerance uh, to some particular uh, things that they are using in the wine, and on depending a lot of about the conversation and the eye contact that you're having with your guest, because end of the day, you need to understand that as a sommelier, um is more about listening the guest, listen about his uh, expectation for that particular meal and on the same time trying to give options to the amazing food that you're having on the back.
1: And I guess you probably have situations where you see the dish coming out of the kitchen, you go and you be like, oh, I know exactly what I'm going to recommend. This is the perfect <laughs> thing for them. And you, you get into the conversation and you just feel like, you know what? This is probably not appropriate for them. It
0: probably are situations like that right Uh, to be honest on the beginning of my career those kind of things happens and uh, i learn you know i learn from them because end of the day working in hospitality you never lose you just learn Mm. yeah so once again for uh, all the new guys that uh, will start to do hospitality in hospitality, you don't lose, you learn lessons. So that's why, uh, you know, more You more knowledgeable you started to be, you need to be more engaged with the guest to understand exactly how is their particular taste. I have some particular guests that they love more Chardonnay than Sauvignon Blanc and always... After their food, I'm trying to give them Chardonnay from different part of the world. Just to you make
1: it interesting from that point of it. You know?
0: <laughs> yeah, just to just to keep them on on the level that uh, they uh, they they will be happy. But on the same time, I mention to them why I choose uh, uh, that Burgundy Montagne, or why I choose the Saint Veran, or why I choose uh, Chilean uh, Glacier, or why I choose uh, a Chardonnay from Australia. Or why I selected a very aromatical wine from Serbia or Romania.
1: Mm. What's the most expensive wine you ever sold, or you ever presented to someone? You know,
0: um, um what should I say? I had the privilege to open some very interesting wines uh, in my career, and hopefully, I will uh, be, uh, I'll have this opportunity uh, this year and next year also. Uh, I'll be very honest. Uh, Screaming Eagle was a very interesting wine that I opened. It. Uh, Where is this coming from? What from Napa, from Napa. Napa Valley? Uh, I was working on the cruise lines and I had this uh, particular privilege to open the wine. Uh, I enjoyed the I enjoyed the wine because the guests uh, led me to taste it. Also, however, uh, I'll be very honest with you. I I I considered it to be an amazing wine. However, for my palate, I tasted some wines on the same quality, but lower as a price. But it's just my particular taste.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. you think? I think sometimes people, you know, because it costs a lot, they associate that, you know, that also tastes re- the best. I think, you know, some people, and I'm not saying just with wine. I'm talking in general, whether it's food, whether it's something else, you know, I feel like people just because it costs a lot, it means probably, you know, it's the best. And
0: probably is not necessarily the case, right? Um, let's say, like that. When uh, wine is having a higher price than others, think about that. Uh, the liquid the, the wine is supposed to be uh, very uh, good to very good or exceptional. But on the same time, uh, behind that winery, it is a history. You pay for that. It is a legacy, it is a very uh, knowable uh, winemaker uh so you
1: pay for the story behind it as well right a lot of money like
0: anything else in life you know you pay you pay for the liquid you pay for the experience you pay for for the moment you pay for the branding but on the same time it is an enjoyable experience however uh, I love to give to, when I'm talking with a customer, with a guest, I love to to give him uh, some good suggestions on different range of prices. Yeah, this is also a criteria that you need to be very focused when are you working on hospitality. i uh, I'm I've never try to push, you know, I'm trying to understand the guest palatine taste. And on the same time, up to the discussion with him to understand uh, where he's going uh, regarding uh, the budget for that evening. It's very important. Hmm. Don't don't jump. I don't because
1: you, you make them feel uncomfortable. Probably.
0: I never want to feel like, uh, to feel that uh, one of my guests is uncomfortable. I want to give them the experience to come back. So even if uh, even if it's a memorable wine, I could tell them that that particular vintage it's exceptional. Uh, and I always give them other two suggestions because uh, we in restaurants, uh, industry, in field, as a sommelier, we give to the to the customers, to the guests options to choose. We don't uh, select that you need to have this or you need to have that. I'm avoiding to do that mm-hmm. uh, because I found that um, not appropriately and on the same time uh, the guest empathy uh, will be higher and the appreciation that you'll have it if you give them different type of wines will be um, well uh, mentioned. Uh, and I think they prob- you
1: probably feel better when you make the
0: choice. At least you feel
1: like you make the choice, right? Even if you have a selected, you know, if it's like, if you have 10 here that you recommend, each one of them probably will work well. But just because just because you're like, I want number nine, boom, already feels better. I think, you know, That's I, I think that's a lot like that human behavior. That you kind of feel better when when you feel like you have the power almost, like you choosing.
0: Uh, certainly, but on the same time, the communication is very, very important because uh, once you start to communicate uh, with uh, with the guest, you'll understand each and every uh, palate. Um, potential budget, if it's a... Uh, lunch or a dinner from, let's say, Monday to Thursday, or if it's a Christmas, or if it's a birthday or anniversary, you'll understand exactly where you need to go. But always give them options and uh, communicate properly what you're having, what you're adding in the last uh, two months, or what, uh, which uh, wine, which label got a very important award. And yeah, uh, here it's a it's a topic that I want to uh, to to develop to, uh, on this podcast uh, with the wines that got awards from different magazines. What happens after the wine is getting awards?
1: Well, I guess the price goes up.
0: <laughs> no, um, could uh, sometimes, yeah, sometimes the price is going up. However, if you're talk very well, your seller. You could be lucky. You could be very lucky, you know, to get uh, a wine. I uh, will give you an example. Uh, I order. I could mention some names. No, absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure, you can. I'll give you an example. I uh, ordered uh, from uh, from Italy a very interesting Amarone della Valpolicella uh, from Boscaini Masi Boscaini 2013 as a vintage. Uh, I I ordered that uh, was not in Jersey. And uh, a very uh, helpful uh, supplier from Jersey, Randalls and Dave. Hello, Dave. <laughs> uh, they told me uh, that they could provide that for me. Just I need to wait uh, a few weeks, you know. And they brought the wine that is not uh, very friendly as a price. They brought it twelve bottles, uh, uh, just for myself. Uh, and let's say we we'll, we added on the wine on November and the beginning of uh, December. The wine took a very important award in New York.
1: Wow.
0: <laughs> yeah. And uh, the prices uh the price quite quite an increase it on some of the suppliers, but I've been uh privileged and happy to have the same price that I got it before. So uh that's mean you know, a little investment on the seller, and you need to be very, very concerned when uh you're building a wine cellar to have a rotation, but on the same time you need to be very focused on what happened with some vintages from your sellers and which type of awards they could get got at, in, you know, in time. How do you keep up to date with, like, 500 what? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's how you spend your your, your days off, I guess.
0: <laughs> oh, um, First of all, what should I say? Uh, more you're trying to be on date with them, you have some other things to do the next day. Uh, because some vintages are changing uh, some uh, 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 wines uh, become awarded and they, uh, they got a, a new price and these kind of things you need to be very concerned about your seller because my seller is my baby
1: no i i totally believe you i mean i see how, how passionate you are so totally but then you know like things happen you know let's say 10 wines get awarded you know and obviously the obviously, I'm not saying obviously, but probably not the case all the time. Prices go up, uh you know, they become more famous. How is that influencing, you know, the behind the scenes in your situations? Because surely the price should go up in the menu to a degree, I guess. Because then when you want to order it again, you'll get it at a higher price. So how does it work? You know, how do you how do you keep the prices, you know, the pricing situations
0: um first of all uh working with so many wines you need to have a straightforward policy regarding uh, the prices and the gps profits uh ghost profit you know yeah. so you need to be very careful on those ones you need to follow the uh, the mathematical plans however the communication that i'm getting with my supplier is main priority focus. I'm very focused on that. Uh, those things, you know, in case that one of the prices are changing or one of the suppliers are ha- having a product that soon will be out of uh, uh, stock. They need to let me know and I order, let's say, more than I order normally. I order a double order just to make sure that I have that vintage until uh, end of the year and so on. So it was a, um, a challenging year, but I uh, uh with the support of Danals uh, Daniels, uh, Daniel's uh, Love Wine uh, Randalls uh, Liberation uh I got it there <laughs> so thank you very much all of you for uh, your kindly support that uh, you offered in 2023 and uh... We are waiting all of you to help us to reach uh, 600 labels in one year. Why not?
1: <laughs> yeah, why not? It's gonna work. It's, it's gonna. It's, it's something that benef- beneficial both on both sides. I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Correctly. No, totally. But then, for someone that wants to choose wines if let's say i'm going now to op or whatever the shop you know not something special you know i'm talking about you know specialized shops you know with wines because then probably it's slightly easier because you're going to get someone that can also guide you or just going to cop let's say what are some red flags and what are some green flags because I'm not going to say, tell me specifically, you know, how to choose, because as you mentioned, it's got to be an experience altogether. You might feel in the mood of choosing one wine or another, depending on the day. But I guess there will be some sort of like guidance in terms of like red flags. What should you not choose because of this or what should you choose because of that?
0: Uh Right. Uh, what will be the the easiest way from my point of view when you go to select the wine to buy wine for, uh, let's say, like that you're finishing five o'clock your uh, office job.
1: That's the perfect example.
0: Already, you're on your car. You open. Uh, you you start to drive, and you think, okay, I stop uh, on the first uh, hypermarket or supermarket. Uh. I'm cooking at home this pasta or this charcuterie what should I order what should I Mm -hmm. uh, what should I buy all right first of all you need to understand your own palate what you prefer if you prefer something very full body as a Cabernet Sauvignon as a Merlot base you prefer something spicy as Shiraz it is Uh, if we are talking about Ron Valley Shiraz or if you are talking about uh, Australian Shiraz from Barossa uh, we are looking for something very fruity, like, uh, you know, uh, Chilean wines or Argentinian wines are, or we, we are looking to have some intensely uh, oaky vanilla that usually a Napa Cabernet Sauvignon is having. <laughs> Or you want to have a Pinot Noir soft and on the same time with your partner, you know, you want to have something, uh, one or two glasses to enjoy, but on the same time to not be very powerful, choose a a Pinot Noir, choose a Cabernet Franc, choose select a a Carmenere, why not? If you want to have something very intensely, very full body, Bordeaux always will be an option. Uh, Piemont, uh, you know, you could have a uh, Barolo. You could have, uh, why not, Brunello di Montalcino. That but is then a-
1: in terms of, like, because the reason why I'm asking, for me, I, I, mine, I'm sure I have this wrong, but anyway, you know, I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to unveil, I'm going to reveal, you know, my knowledge about wine, which is very low. But, so, I'm a sucker when it comes to labels, you know, so he has got to look some somehow specific, you know, uh, in terms of whether we screw, screw cap or with uh, cork, cork, exactly. <laughs> I like cork, it's a bit more romantic. Does it really matter? Probably not. <laughs> you know, so what, it, on the label, you know, should it be some sort of information that's, that's a green flag or a red flag? What What do you think from that point of view?
0: Um, that's a very good, uh, that's a very good mention. Some of the people, they are thinking that uh, screw cap wines, you know, screw they're not uh, amazing goods, you know, or something like that. Uh, trust me, from my point of view, and actually from most of the people's point of view, having a screw cap is not something bad. Having a screw cap does mean that you'll have a wine that is not created to have a long age. It's a wine that has been created to be young, fresh, and enjoyable. Yeah. Usually when you're uh, using the corks, uh the wine is uh, has been created to be have a very long age. We need to understand that wine is not just the fermented uh, drink base uh, base of grapes, but it's also a friend, a companion, uh, somebody that uh, you know, having a glass of wine uh, could support you in some good, very good decision, but on the same time, Uh, Extremely important, highly important. We need to understand that we as a human being, we need to drink the wines and drink responsible. True. Not wines needs to drink us. So this is one of the um, topics that I put always uh, extremely important because working uh, with beverage, you need to understand uh, very well how is uh, this operation and you need to drink responsible but on the same time uh, understand each and every champagne wine how much you could drink it you if you are at home because um, wine you need to keep it uh, that uh, kind of communication drink it enjoy it and stop stop when it's necessary can price be a red flag I'm talking.
1: I'm not saying, you know, I'm talking about like some sort of range of prices because we all know probably if, you, if you're if you going to get like a more expensive wine, you know, more care will be put into that, I guess, you know, at least you hope, uh, you know, when you buy it. But then can price be a, a variation, you know, in terms of, let's say, Cause what I asked Flo from from Randa's last <laughs> time, I'm like, can you find wine, you know, that's okay with five pounds, you know? I went like extremely low. I went <sighs> extremely low. So I'm not saying now with five pounds, but I'm saying, you know, is there is there also uh, a criteria? Should we should we aim for some sort of? Is there a sweet spot?
0: Uh, right, so how I will um, how I'll go to discuss this uh, subject that is uh, quite sensible, to have a good wine from my particular uh, point of view, uh, you'll always find um, nice wine, price quality from, let's say, from 9, 10 pounds, from my point of view. Yeah, uh, you could get, if you go in the budget between 9 to 15, you could find a good to very good wines if you're going in a budget to from 15 to 20 22 pounds you could have some uh, interesting uh, memorable wines and it, however the price is going upper and upper you could have a higher experience but on the same time you could drink uh, also quality brand behind the, uh, the winery
1: I think yeah at some point you know after a certain level a price cap, you pay, you start paying a lot more for the story, not necessarily just for the liquid that's in the bottle, right? Um,
0: it's not only about the story. Uh, story is very important. However, t- we need to take in consideration that uh, a wine that is uh, aging in oak uh, is having another cost. True. If you are taking your wood, your oak barrels from. Uh, a Forest, I'll give you an example. You could have some huge cost behind it. Uh, if you're vinificated uh, a special vintage of, I'll give you an, a very high example, Chateau of Miegel or Sassicaia or Nelaya, you could not vinificate that particular wine, wine in each and every year. So usually those mm. exceptional wines are vinificated in exceptional vintages, by exceptional winemakers with some incredible uh, tools uh, oaks uh, materials behind it so it's a full working environment behind the level and of course the marketing also that's it's behind it
1: yeah absolutely what what's your opinion on on the non-alcoholic wines because this seems to be a market that's growing like in the past years you know I hear more and more about non-alcoholic wines I'm sure you've got some sort of opinion on that Uh,
0: non-alcoholic wines I could uh, mention that started to uh, to increase as a selling but on the same time we need to understand that uh, alcohol free wines they are amazing to be in a wine list yeah They are great to be uh, in a hypermarket, why? Because you need to have all these options for the people that they are driving Yeah, you need to have options for the people that due to the medical situation They could not drink alcohol and they want to have a glass of wine for a toast you need to have options for uh, those people uh, that uh, they are having some intolerance or allergies to some things that uh, usually you find it in wine. Um, I'll give you examples from what I had as a sales in 2015, 2016 uh, in my previous UK restaurant. Let's say like that. I was selling eight, nine, maximum 10 bottles per month of uh, alcohol free wine at this particular time I'm uh, running a white alcohol two white uh, alcohol free wines a red alcohol free wine and a sparkling wine Uh, I think that my sales are uh, around 14 to 16 bottles monthly so if you look on 2015 to 2023 as a balance so if you look on eight years' uh, journey, he's uh, having an increasing uh, in restaurants filled uh, alcohol-free wine. And uh, is something that we need to take in consideration because we need to drink responsible. We need to have options in case that we have allergies or intolerance. And of course, in case that somebody wants to have a, a juice Uh, uh, soft drinks or uh, mocktail you as a restaurant you need to give in order to be a very good restaurant you need to have options also to give a glass of wine uh, alcohol free you know well, low in alcohol let's say like that
1: (laughs) i'm sure like options are not a problem at uh, at the atlantic especially with with uh, with that big uh, amount of bottles and growing but you know what? One of the one of the things I'm, I'm I'm curious about your opinion on this, because one of the things that I kind of like, for my taste, I'm talking my taste, you know, and I'm not I'm not specializing anything. Um, the white one seems to be okay-ish. The red wine, I don't know whether because it needs you know, red wine seems to be a bit more complex, at least to my knowledge, it's just not quite there yet. The non-alcoholic or the low alcohol or however we want to call it. What's your thing on on that? In terms of tastes.
0: Right. Now I'll give you one of my uh, my tips. How I selected my red uh, wine that is uh, alcohol free. Um, I uh, selected a Shiraz.
1: Okay, so and, what does it mean? You and know?
0: now probably you ask me why you choose a, uh, a Shiraz to be your red options. Why? Because I found it, I found it more complexity, more spiciness mm. in that particular wine that I found it in a low alcohol a Pinot Noir or Cabernet Franc. Okay. Or, so even uh, when I'm selecting alcohol free wines, I'm very concerned about the process behind it, about the flavors, about the complexity, and. Um, I'm I started to know my uh, my guest palette. So I'm choosing up to those things.
1: So that's so probably, you know, it could have been that because I only had one option. I remember like last year we'd done some wine tastings with mm-hmm. one of the non-alcoholic um, providers, company that does that, you know, for like corporate events. So we had one option only, I think, if I remember. Or there were two, probably there were two. But anyway, the white one felt a bit mm, kind of okay. But the red, I'm like, this is kind of like way apart, but probably exactly as you mentioned, it was just not the right selection or it wasn't the right, the right thing.
0: It's um let's say like that. It's a market that uh, probably uh, will settle. Pretty uh, at the moment is on the beginning of uh, sales revenue. Mm. Uh, however, uh, we need to take in consideration that uh, probably year after year we'll have some uh, five ten percent ups in cells
1: Mm, interesting, so yeah, it's definitely something to keep an eye on especially from your perspective
0: it is, it is, and uh, probably I'll try to look for uh, rose alcohol free wine this season also to to add it (laughs) to my selection (laughs) just to be completed you know, because I'm having whites I'm having red, I'm having sparkling wine I miss a rose wine, so this is one of my things that uh, I started to look over
1: well, nice. Okay, good to know. Okay, everything you need now from <laughs> from this year, you'll find an Atlantic. So it's always good to know. Now, something that I don't really know about, and, you know, it's from your world, obviously. How does it work? Because obviously, same as you've got chefs. You've got head chefs, you've got commis chefs, you've got sous chefs, you've got everything else. What's the structure, you know, in, in, in your world, you know? Because you are head sommelier. Who's below you? Who's right? Who's left? Who's
0: around a sommelier job first of all we need to, we need to understand that all the sommeliers they're having something in common the passion and the love for the wise however each and every jobs uh, is having uh, parts of the pioneer let's say like that to oh. use uh, because uh, let's use a french word pionier. or it's <laughs> it's almost like, is it like almost like
1: apprentice or people that want to yeah. learn
0: apprentice well uh, well mentioned apprentice or commie so uh in a restaurant that uh, is having more than 60 covers capacity that's to 100 150 or even more it's good to have a commis sommelier mm-hmm. that usually has a responsibility uh he's uh, first of all is uh, part of the training uh, that happens in the restaurant secondly is very involved on in, uh, the preparation of the uh, bridges, of the glasses, uh, of the Maison Plus or setup and on the same time will be open to listen uh, and uh, you know to put in the value the service. We have the Sommelier that uh, is doing uh, uh, full restaurant service uh, and some good restaurants like we are we're having uh, the head sommelier that is working together with the team because end of the day <laughs> you are <laughs> end of the day uh, we are working all together so that's why um, i love to say when we have the briefings and uh, discussion uh, we are all together uh, we are one team one dream each and every uh, colleague is having different uh, tasks as a job description. However, if somebody needs support, I'll be the first person that uh, I'm supporting uh, my colleagues if I have uh, opportunity to do that.
1: So I guess your, your job is also as a mentor, right? It's, it's kind of like making sure, you know, that the, that team, you know, has the knowledge, has everything you need, you know, to perform well. It's, it's kind of like what the headship does, you know, for, for the team, right? motivating and everything else
0: no uh, I, I told you um, all three of uh, all the team we're supposed to have the same uh, passion vision for the wines uh, work hard but on the same time uh, I got uh, as a responsibility the, the stock The inventory, the orders, the discussion with the other head of head of restaurants and and department orders, paperwork, trainings. Because I'm happy to work in a place that I could do one or two beverage training per month. Wow that supports a lot the knowledge so think about it uh, for uh, February-March that uh, we'll have uh, months with new beginners in uh, our uh, F&B department I already settled three of my uh, beverage training for them just to give them uh, that uh, particular welcome and uh, to make them uh, more familiar with the products because i remember on my beginnings now 20 years ago actually 22 and uh, I know how difficult it is when you go to a very, very good restaurant and um, you have a lot of uh, dishes, you have a lot of uh, crockeries, a lot of glasses, a lot of uh, wines, and you are a little... Overwhelmed, <laughs> probably. Unexpected, but on the same time, if you have the proper support, uh, if you loved and you have the passion, things are coming. Yeah. Yeah. So the main ingredients for the new people that uh, joining hospitality, not only with us, with all the restaurants uh, in UK and uh, uh, all other properties is to have people that they want to learn, that they want to develop and all others uh, things that needs to be created for their pathway. We hope to do it properly (laughs) and we are doing properly.
1: Well, this is it, yeah. I mean, you got you guys got like quite a few awards, you know. Mm-hmm. The stakes are high, yeah. There's no question about it, yeah. So mm-hmm. working both from food perspective, from accommodation and from drinks, you know, everything has got to be at a high level. But what are the trends this year? You know, because like in every industry, it seems like whether this year or whether it's been continuing for the past years, how do you see the trends, you know, in your world? What's kind of like interesting you know how people see
0: um this is a very interesting uh, interesting questions a question because um, what from what i what I'm seeing uh, day by day on social medias and uh, I speak with other uh, very famous uh, uh, wine buyer head sommelier over the UK you know the trends apparently started to be very focused on sustainability wine list
1: which is something that you mentioned earlier that you you tried to
0: I- expand on that. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so I'll keep it internal, but yes, one of my uh, plans uh, for this year is to have a higher uh, sustainability on my selection of wines. Uh, secondly, um, uh, some interesting wines from new World started to to got uh, interesting. Uh, awards and scorings, so I'm a big fan of uh, James Suckling, so this is my uh, favorite wine reviewer at this particular time, and uh, to be honest, uh, uh, most of the wine that uh, he awarded with more than uh, 95 points, I'm already there and... Uh, you know, that is great. I'm already there and uh, think I would like to thank you too again to Dan and Love Wine because...
1: To supporting it, your craziness. Yeah, yeah they,
0: <laughs> they are supporting. So, <laughs> Acacia, Paul and well, thank you very much for your supporting for those things. Even yesterday, I message uh, one of the, uh, our suppliers, and they told him that uh, a very important uh, Margot wine uh, house uh, wine uh, launched a new product as a second label, and they told him that I want that label. and He told me, "Alex, I don't heard about that label, but let me see how I what I could do." <laughs> so, yeah, these kind of things. Uh, Other happens. things
1: like you know, like a few years back, I don't know how many, but. A few years back, you know, was Prosecco like bah, Prosecco, everyone Prosecco, and then after that, he felt, at least to me, that's how he felt. And then it was Rosé, and it was like everybody was on Rosé, you know, Rosé here, Rosé there. Is there such a thing now that that's kind of coming apart from apart from
0: sustain sustainability part? Uh, I could say that trends uh, last year and this year will be on Cremant, up to the sparkling wines, so Cremant. Even if we're talking of Cremant de Burgundy, that uh, you know is sparkling wine from Burgundy. If we talk about Cremant Alsace, that by the way is one of my favorites as a price quality. Mm. So now I'm going back to your previous question. So if you go to do a normal shopping in a hypermarket and you'll find the Cremant, uh, don't think that is l- lower than champagne. Think about that it's. The same, most of the time, same vinification, but it's from a different uh, part of France, and is having all they can
1: name it champagne, right?
0: Uh, and is having almost the same quality or even higher. Wow! Yeah, and this mention, I'll keep it not only for Cremant, I'll keep it also for Franciacorta.
1: Yeah. Okay. Like, is that again? Uh, is is that again? A, a, a trend. A it's a, it's a trend but it's also a type I, I'm guessing it sounds, it sounds Italian right certo <laughs> <laughs> okay so is that again sparkling
0: it is a sparkling it's Franciacorta right. it's probably one of the oldest sparkling wine in uh, this uh, this world. it's vinificated by traditional methods mm. so for the people that is, will stay uh, down, will enjoy a glass of wine on family, and uh, they want to know what is the traditional method. Traditional method means um, uh, a second fermentation of the yeast that is located in the bottle. So let's say, like that mm-hmm. the yeast from the top uh, is going uh, on the liquid. Yeah, and uh, you, the you turn it. Yeah, yeah, they turn it. And uh, in, f- in French, they call it remouage. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. so when you turn in the morning uh, the bottle or in the evening some champagne houses they do it twice per uh, per day uh, the process is called remouage. Um, and uh, uh, having a sparkling wine that is not vinificated uh, in champagne you could not call it champagne however you could call the method uh, of vinification that they call it champagne was even that you could not uh, mention sometimes uh but you could say traditional method after traditional method vinificated and on the same time we need to take in consideration that the main grapes variety from famous champagnes are chardonnay pinot noir and pinot menuet in uh, the last time has been an update of uh, certain other grapes that will be part of the champagne and uh, some producers started to develop but will be like a very small amount 0.51 to five maximum. Going back to the trends, Franciacorta was, it is, and will be always a trend regarding sparkling wines. Uh, another trend that uh, it is at this particular time in Europe it's Grüner Veltliner. Aust- Sounds German or Austrian. Uh, Austrian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Grüner Veltliner yeah it's a very interesting uh, white grape from austria even if it's farhow or even if it's uh, trisental uh, sorry for my pronunciation no, they man. are uh, very interesting uh, white mineral uh, wines that you could uh, you could have it another trend uh, that we could talk about now uh, when we talk about white wine from spain Mm-hmm. Probably most of us, we are uh, thinking of, uh, of Albarino that was and is still having a, a very interesting trend and uh, turnover and appreciation. In the last uh, three, five years, I could say that I started to be fan of Godello.
1: Godello. Godello. Okay. Okay. It sounds a bit Italian too. Uh,
0: it's a Spanish, uh, Spanish grape uh, grape variety, but very aromatical and a very gourmet wine. Okay. Um,
1: how do you find cava, by the way?
0: Kava interesting <laughs> it's an interesting product uh, kava
1: isn't Kava like the competition of Prosecco or nah.
0: if you go straight forward technically they're not in competition because kava most of the times is vinificated after traditional methods
1: okay I don't know why I thought that is it's the same
0: however Prosecco is vinificated by Charmat method that uh, I'm again I'll go back to the people that uh, we listen to us Charmant method or uh, Prosecco method—it's that kind of uh, vinification that you give to the sparkling wine with a second fermentation that is located in uh, stainless steels.
1: You know, and is it for less? Is it? Do you ferment it for less? So, or vin- yeah, you keep it in. Yeah, in keep the- it in stainless steels. So in theory, fresher. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's fresher. It's not not probably the right word for it. I'm trying to find a a very technical one, but it's not. Young, fresh. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Young and fresh and uh, wild. let's, uh, (laughs) Let's say like that. Fruity. Wild, fresh, fruity
1: ok perfect yeah you got it
0: however champagne uh, or uh, products that are vinificated mm. after traditional method you'll find that uh, buttery, creamy uh, croissants uh, patisserie you know those kind of uh, flavors you'll find it in a product that is vinificated after traditional method mm. uh, so- trends regarding red wines red grapes varieties cabernet franc okay yeah cabernet franc it is a trend um, to be honest, uh, when we talk about Red Grave Verity, probably uh, all of us we heard about Merlot, about Pinot Noir and about the Cabernet that, by the way, is considered to be the king of the Red Graves. Okay. So now I'm going back to the trend that is Cabernet Franc and probably you're thinking that it's younger than Cabernet Sauvignon.
1: Yeah, I, I, I don't even know, honestly, like, what to say, but yeah.
0: yeah. so usually uh, for uh, when you talk with somebody and you explain about King of the Whites, Chardonnay, King of the Reds, Cabernet Sauvignon, and after that you tell him about the trend that is Cabernet Franc. Uh, most of us, uh, most of the people are thinking that uh, Cabernet Franc is younger. However, in a DNA crossing... Let's say like that. Cabernet Franc is the father of the Cabernet Sauvignon. Oh wow! Back in a history.
1: <laughs> For people that want to find more about you, uh, because you 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 post, you are active. You know, people probably can even get the sense you know of like how your how how everything goes at Atlantic. You know, in your life, you know, because it's a lot of it's a lot of wine, and again, drink responsibly. You know, all that story, <laughs> but it just is you like you obviously experimenting because it's it's your job where where can they they find you uh, on social media
0: on social media they uh, they could find me but however it will be easier to find me uh, uh to come to to see me on uh, the atlantic and uh, to discuss about our selection of wines and uh, to discuss more about the uh, culinary about experience and to have the amazing view that they're having in brillet
1: no, absolutely, Alexander. Thank you so much. It was an absolutely pleasure, amazing uh, conversation. We really, really enjoyed. I mean, I learned so many things. You know, I, I discovered ones that I never really knew existed. Uh, but it's always good having professionals on the podcast. I love it. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you very much for uh, your invitation. And cheers to all the people that uh, will be behind the uh, the TVs and uh, the screen on social medias and. I, we raise a glass for all of you, even uh, if you don't have it here. And drink responsible.
1: Now, absolutely. Great advice. Thank you.